This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. everyone and welcome to the inaugural episode of Rogue Padron, the podcast all about the Rogue Squadron books. And since it's our first episode, we should definitely introduce you to our hosts and we can start off with Seth. Hi everyone. I like Star Hi Seth. <laughs> Hi. Do you? Do you? <gasps> It's it's Prove hot, it. and sometimes I wake up and I'm just like I'm so sick of Star Wars, but then I find <laughs> myself through the entire day. No, I'm kidding. I love Star Wars. Um, I'm really excited about the new movie Rogue One because I love sci-fi military stuff beyond belief. And so that's cool. And everyone was like, Rogue One, these are the X-Wing books you should read. And so I was like, those seem cool. So I've been dragged into this thing. Onwards. Good. We are glad to have dragged you here. And then the next is Danny, who this was his brainchild to begin with. <laughs> well, that's a stretch. But... <laughs> I did say that I wanted to talk. Wait, to some I people. didn't know that. I <laughs> you can't quit now. <laughs> Go on, dude. Hi, I'm Danny. I'm pretty new to the Star Wars fandom, and when I realized Rogue One was happening, I decided that I wanted to crack open these X-wing books that everyone is always talking about. So I went to Twitter and said, "Hey, who wants to read them with me?" And these poor souls signed up, and so here we are. Great. Well, thanks, Danny. Twitter's great. And then our latest edition would be Heath. Hi guys. Yeah, I was the, I think, last addition to this little group. I have embarrassingly, like, never read any of the books of any kind, really. So this is kind of an exciting endeavor because as I thought about starting to read some of the older books, this series was the one that was, I was like, oh, people really love that. Sounds like something I'd be interested in. So I'm glad I get to read them and chat about it with some cool people. Great. And I'm Meg. And I am the one of the group who has actually read all of the X-Wing books. Um, and so I'll help kind of guide the conversations and keep everybody going when there's heartbreak and make sure they keep going because it all turns out okay in the end. So let's talk about why we wanted to do this show. I think it was covered a little bit in all of our introductions, saying that even though the X-Wing books are now legends... They are still, as far as I'm concerned, universally some of the best books in the Legends universe. And I personally recommend them to people when they're looking for any kind of Star Wars books because they have the space opera element, they have military elements, they have romance, lots of friendship. And so they're all around really well-rounded books. And we decided to do it now because when Rogue One was released, everyone pretty much thinks it's going to have something to do with Rogue Squadron. Maybe not directly, but maybe the very first inklings of Rogue Squadron. And it's a really good excuse to go back and read these books, even though they're legends, and experience these books again and see what they do tie in, potentially to the movies, or even what they keep now that the um, canon books are coming out and seeing what elements they decide to use and take as we learn more about what's happened post-Return of the Jedi. 
So we're not going to cover any of the books today. We're just going to um, introduce ourselves a little bit. But we also wanted to talk about what we do know about Rogue One, since that is kind of uh, the ultimate motivation behind why we're cracking these books open again. And so we've gotten quite a bit of news now, but we're going to go back to the beginning before we knew anything and just kind of talk through uh, everything that we know about this movie so far. And so ever since Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney, we did know that they had plans to do what they were calling standalone films in addition to uh, the regular episode 7, 8, and 9. So ever since that announcement, there have been rumors about the plot of one of these films being about the stealing of the Death Star plans, kind of a prequel to A New Hope, focusing on the Rebel Alliance and how they obtained those plans. And we slowly learned little bits of information. Uh, we learned that the director is Gareth Edwards, who I don't know my directors. Do you all know uh, what other films he's famous for? He did Monsters. Godzilla, right? And the most yeah, recent Godzilla Godzilla film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Godzilla. Godzilla. That was the big one, right? And I liked it. So, yeah, I, re- I remember when he was announced to be the director of, like, this next spinoff. Everyone looked at his filmography, and he did all these monster moves, and it was like, oh, that's weird. Is it going to be, like a Star Wars monster movie, but clearly it's not. Um, but that was an interesting little thing. And it's it's interesting to think, like, what that means he'll bring to this. Yeah. So He's maybe... very good at um, the human elements of things. Like, Godzilla yeah. kind of had a little bit, and Monsters had a lot of it as well. So I think he'll be good at the characters a lot. Yep. And maybe now that he's in the fold, we'll get a Zillow Beast movie later on. Yes, no. I would watch that. Uh-oh. No, I would not. <laughs> so we got our director, and shortly after that, we also got the news that we were going to have a lead character who was not a cisgender straight white male, but actually a lady named <gasps> Felicity Jones. Yay! So excited. Saf, do you have things to say about this? Um, I don't have too much to say because I haven't actually seen her in too many things, even though I keep meaning to. But I am just really excited about the fact that, like, they've been saying that, like, the lead will be the lady. And, like, there's the rumors that she will be Rogue One herself. And, like, that is awesome. Star Wars is finally moving away from its typical, look at the straight white male boy who is awesome to other characters that are also awesome. So I'm very excited about this. And I think it's also cool because it is the first of these standalone films, so they're just diving right in with this. And especially because it's a film that would traditionally have a male lead, right? Because we've heard about how it's going to be gritty, military, it's going to be war, it's military, and, and you just wouldn't expect that. So that's that's pretty exciting news for all of us, I think. Yes! Yay! Cool. So then on the afternoon of March 12th, it, I, I remember this day very clearly. It, was, it kind of felt like it was out of the middle of nowhere. They dropped the title, which was Rogue One. Do you guys remember this? Yes. I do. It was super I random, remember. right? I squealed a little. <laughs> I remember Twitter. Yeah. yeah, I remember Twitter as well. <laughs> yeah, so everyone was really excited because everyone thought that meant X-Wings, but we didn't, we didn't know for sure until Celebration when they actually confirmed that the plot was what people had been expecting. It was yeah. going to be about X-Wing, so it was going to be a war movie. And that was also when they released that 15-second teaser. And I'm the only one in this group that didn't get the privilege to go to Celebration. Heath, were you at that panel? I know the other two weren't, right? The Rogue One panel? No. Yeah. Okay, so none of you were there in person. I was wasting my time waiting in line for the Force Awakens exhibit that I didn't end up even getting into. So oh, no. I prefer not to talk about that today. <laughs> I was, on on I was watching your panel yeah. and live tweeting it. That was fun. Yep. That was really fun. 
But yeah, we missed out on the Rogue One thing. But there was still that bad quality YouTube one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so which was enough to, to give us all chills, I think. Yeah. yeah. Or Even those of us that got to see it. I what you were saying over everyone screaming. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, I loved, like, yeah, the military chatter and stuff at the start. I'm like, yes, this is what I want out of this movie. So I know the actual one has been removed from all of the internet, but I think there's still a Lego recreation of the trailer floating around out there, so we should we should find that. Oh my god, is That's there? That's amazing. Yeah. Of course there is. Of course there is. Of course there is. Okay, yeah, what, a Lego version. But isn't there a Lego recreation of? <laughs> <laughs> so also around this time, it was announced that these standalone films were not, in fact, going to be called standalone films, but that they were calling them anthology films. And so everyone got really attached to that, which was a really great plan. <laughs> we should never get attached to anything in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, if, if Star Wars has taught us anything. No attachments. Yeah. Especially not to hands. No. Oh. No. No, because. No, I mean, you can't really help but be attached to your hand. Well, not if you're a Jedi. That's true. <laughs> they come they'll back. Show ba- they'll show back up. I don't know. This is a lightsaber-free podcast, right? Sure. Sure. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to spoil stuff. Oh, already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next point. Alrighty then, moving right along. So another thing that we bit of news that we got right around the time of celebration was that this is going to be the first Star Wars movie that will not that uh, the soundtrack won't be composed by John Williams, which is certainly sad but also inevitable. And I think it makes sense yep. that our first non-John Williams film would be one of these anthology films. Um, yep. And so the sound, the score is going to be composed by Alexander Desplat, which was I was really excited about that. I love. He did the scores for the last two Harry Potter films, which are two of my favorite soundtracks. Ooh, are you too familiar? Are you all familiar with much of his music? That's about he all I know. He also did. Did he did Benjamin Button? Right, I love. That oh yeah, I think so he did. It was. I don't so remember good. it, but I remember not um, disliking it. Yeah. It so, I'm, I'm actually kind of really happy about that because, like, let's be real, like they're gonna keep making Star Wars movies longer than. John Williams is going to be around longer than probably so, anyone on this planet is going to be around. Yeah, so <laughs> I it would have been like too much of a like culture shock for him for John Williams to not do Episode Seven, but I think the sooner that, that we get a Star Wars movie that he's not doing, the better to just like get us used to the fact that he's not going to do all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I expect I expect he'll probably be able to do eight and nine, but that might be it for him. And so it makes sense that these standalone yeah. films are a chance to experiment with a new music as well. So, and and frankly, like so many directors have composers that they've worked with so frequently in the past that if someone has a composer that they're used to working with and that composer has done really good work for them in the past, why not let them bring that composer with them to this project? Like it should. I was actually, like, expecting, kind of, that J.J. Abrams was going to bring... Oh, I'm blanking on Michael Giacchino. Name, really bad. Yes. Um, Did all the I Lost just, like, soundtracks. I just, yeah, every J.J. Abrams movie, Michael Giacchino has scored, mm-hmm. and I just, like, assumed that that would be the case, kind of. I was, like, preparing myself for the fact that John Williams wasn't going to do it, but he is, which is great. But, yeah, if there's... If a director has a composer that they've worked with and there's a really good relationship there, they should totally be able to like bring that relationship into the Star Wars universe. I totally agree with that. 
honestly. Yep, like, because, yeah, if they know the director well and, like, they've worked with them and they've got this great relationship, then it, it definitely impacts the movie in a good way because then they yeah. do things right with each other instead of having, like, kind of clashing a little bit and it not feeling quite right. So, yeah, I think it's good that the anthologies are branching out like that and, like, showing different styles because it'll, sta- it'll be like the EU books, basically. Like, there'll be the different styles of writing, but they'll still be Star Wars, so it'll still be good. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Great. And and kind of on that note, another little tidbit that we got around Celebration was that what we've already kind of talked about, that this movie is going to be a different style, that this is a, a war movie. It's going to be very gritty and dirty. And, and, and the famous yep. quote from the panel Celebration was uh, Gareth Edwards saying that Star Wars this is about wars, right? So that's what we're going to be seeing with this movie. Yeah. He, like, he... The people he's brought on to do like cinematography and stuff are people who have worked on movies like Saving Private Ryan, which is like really exciting to me mm-hmm. in that like, I think it's just going to feel and look so different, but also be in the same universe. And it's, I don't know, that's really exciting to me. It, I could understand why it makes some people nervous. Cause it's like not what you're used to, but I'm ready for a little something different. Yeah. Totally. I agree. Yeah. I love it. All right, so after Celebration, we hit a bit of a dry spell with news, but we did start to get casting rumors, and two big names that came up were uh, Diego Luna and Forrest Whitaker. Not white people! (laughs) Exactly. Which was, uh, again, confirmed at D23 when we got the first cast photo for this movie, which Meg has feelings about. Oh, Oh, it's so good! Uh, There is multiple Asians in that photo. (laughs) And I'm so happy! (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, I know it's a big deal to have, like, any person of color in it, um, in, like, movies, period. But I was watching an interview with Daniel Henney, who did the voice of Tadashi in Big Hero 6, and he was talking about how you never see Asians in kind of a leading, a more leading role. Um, And although, like, the Asians in this aren't in leading roles, they're still, like, important enough to be on that photo and to be in the forefront of that photo, it's truly like an ensemble cast versus like, hey, there's your smart Asian best friend who's good at math. And so mm-hmm. I'm really excited <laughs> yep. about it. <laughs> I feel like also because Star Wars draws a lot of influence from Asian culture. Absolutely. Like, like, so much of it is based on a lot of different Asian like, cultural things. Or and it's like, why are there no Rosala. main Asians? Yeah, but it's like, why are there no main Asians in Star Wars? Like, it needs to happen. And so the fact that they're it's finally weird. doing it, it's good. Yeah. Well, that's cool. One of the actors is uh, famous for a specific fighting style. I think I remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who or what what that is. But that, again, like like Saf said, it'd be cool to see that influence being brought into this movie. Absolutely. And not just be like, it's a space style. No idea <laughs> right, right. how we learned it. Pew, pew, pew. Do you all have the photo open? Right now, by any chance? No, but I will right now. <laughs> Are those pod racer engines in the back? Maybe. It sure oh, looks it, like it, one. Yeah, right? it does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. The one. I hadn't yeah. thought about that, but yeah, that definitely looks like one. Okay. That's so, like the first thing I saw in this photo, and I was like, whoa, that. Little pod racing. Are we going to. I'm into it. Are we going to have another <laughs> third of a film be a pod race? What a riot the fandom would have if the way the Death Star plans <laughs> oh were stolen was so funny. with pod racers. It's just and there actually are no X-Wings in this movie. Yeah. Whoever whoever wins this pod race receives these plans. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's the last thing they have to do is bet on Padres. Like Darth Vader's just feeling super nostalgic. He's like, let's let's do this. Let's just be a completely different movie. <laughs> also, is the guy like the guy farthest left? Is he baking muffins? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're mini muffins. Everyone's yeah. got a role in the Rebel Alliance. He's like. He's like on his way to bake muffins. You gotta eat on the mission. Gotta keep up your strength. He's the rebel caterer. Some dude that can bake. Yeah, because like you use protein powder in them, so they're like extra proteiny and not just like. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Duh. (laughs) On a more serious note, like not seeing Forrest Whitaker here, can we assume that he's playing a bad guy then? Potentially, yeah. So I feel I feel like what we're seeing here is like the main like good guy squad, mm-hmm. and that his absence from this photo is kind of telling. Right. Yeah, that was my thought but... too. Because there are there are two other actors as well that we know for sure in this movie that aren't here, and that's uh, Diego or not sorry, that's Alan Tudyk, and then Mads Mikkelsen. Yep. And Mads Mikkelsen is is famous for Hannibal, which I haven't watched. I started even... watching it because of this. Oh, that's why I watch things because of Star Wars. He's so. a really good actor, though, so is, I'm yeah. excited to see him in this. Yeah, and supposedly, yeah. like, he's obviously a villain in that, and I think that he is known for playing a good villain. But he has gone on the record as saying that he's not a villain in Rogue well, One, so that's enough. interesting. Yeah, he's only he's only ever a villain in like our Western shows and like things from where he's from. Are he's Danish or something? Like er- yeah. that area film. He's got like a good looking like good guy face. Oh, interesting. So he's always a good guy there, yeah. apparently. That's what I've been told. But for us, he's a villain, so like he can play both. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. And I think... So in New Zealand, villains look different than in America? Is that what you're saying? Well, no, no. I think we <laughs> get the same villain that you do. In like, <laughs> some European countries, maybe, villains look different there, or like good guys look different there. You know? Huh. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel you. I feel you. Yeah. 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 See, and I feel like Alan, Tud- Alan Tudyk could go either way. Um, because I'd really like to see him doing mocap and be an alien that's part of the team. Yes. Because he's done that before. He does a lot of voice acting. But in the voice acting he does, he's usually a villain. So, uh-huh. <laughs> evil. Who knows? He could do both. Well, I mean, Mark Hamill does a lot of villain voice acting. Exactly. But he's a great guy in Star Wars, so you know. But you never know. I feel like you can't really know what's going to happen in that. Yeah. But I think if he's a villain, he's still just going to be a voice. Because I can't look at Alan Tunick's face and take him seriously <laughs> as a bad guy, right? Oh, yeah, there's right? no way. Yeah. Full I'm disclosure, like, I have... Mind. What are you doing? I had no idea who this guy was, and I just looked him up, and no, we should not be seeing this man's face. In yeah, like, not, not as a villain, definitely. I see him as a villain, for sure. Not a villain, um, a stop-motion character. A yeah, I was going to say, can you see him as a mo-cap, mocap? Mocap yeah. character. Have you not? Firefly. Have you not watched yeah, Firefly? Heath? He's a leaf on the wind. Heath. I've never watched Firefly. Oh my god! I know. I'm bad. I don't know. Twelve episodes in movie. <laughs> don't watch the movie. The movie's Bye. great, but sad. <laughs> anyway. So, do you think that he'll be playing a Bothan? There's been some talk about that. I hope so. He would make too. a good Bothan. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see a Bothan. And in I the think movie. adding a Bothan would be really cool. And, like, they'd be the perfect mocap character. Right. I like that idea just because it, it legitimizes, like, it's just one single line in the movie. But I love that you can take, you know, one detail. I mean, the premise of this movie is one line from the opening crawl, right? And I love that you could right. potentially take one single line and make an entire two-hour movie about that. Yeah. 
we've we've everything in, so it's even well, more good. Mm-hmm. The thing is, the many Bothans line is from Return of the Jedi. Yes, it's for the second so, Death Star. It is for the second Death Star. However, we don't establishing... necessarily have many Bothans dying to get yeah. information in this. He film. doesn't have to die. Then he could be there and just not die, and it would be great. Yeah, establishing true. a Bothan connection would be really interesting. Yeah, there are Bothans in the Rebel Alliance. Right. And then Rogue Two can be about the Bothans <laughs> dying. Right. Yes. I'd watch it. I li- yeah. Everybody fine. Watch it. I'll do it. All right. And that, that pretty much wraps... Oh, the the last detail from D23 is that we're no longer calling them anthology films. We're calling them Star Wars stories. So it's a Star Wars story. maybe just present that without commentary. <laughs> Yay. I won't say anything. Sure. <laughs> Never get attached to things in Star Wars. Yep. No. You'll That's just cry. The rule. That's the rule. Okay, so we're going to give you a quick overview of the X-Wing books, and we're theoretically going to be covering all of these in the span of the show. It will take some time. So there are 10 X-Wing books, and they're written by Michael A. Stackpole and Aaron Alston. And they are Rogue Squadron, Wedge's Gamble, The Kratos Trap, and The Back to War. And that kind of finishes out the first arc in the story, and all of those are written by Mike Stackpole. And the next three... Wraith Squadron, Iron Fist, and Solo Command are by Aaron Alston, and they are a different arc in the stories, but they all kind of intertwine and work together. And then it goes back to Isard's Revenge, which harkens back to the first four books, and then Starfighters of Adumar, um, which is set a little bit away from the end of the last book, but still is a great book. And then Mercy Kill, which takes place... After the Yuuzhan Vong War. So this is a good, like, I don't know how many years, like 15, 20, 15 years down the line. So um, what you're saying is that we have to read the New Jedi Order between Starfighters you and Mercy You don't Kill. have to. They give you enough background in the book. to. I'll work. find a summary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they give you enough well, Hello, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> um, to where yep. you don't necessarily need to read them all. And I can also fill in any gaps since I just read those a couple years ago. Um, but Spoilers. I mean, I was yeah. just going to propose a, a <laughs> spin-off podcast, but, you know. <laughs> or that, or we could do that. <laughs> um, so those are the books that we're going to go over. And then there are a couple tie-ins with characters into other novels um, that are in the Legends universe. One of the characters from Rogue Squadron, Corrin Horn, shows up in I, Jedi. That's basically a book for him. And he shows up again in some of the other books. There are also several of the characters are used during the New Jedi Order um, and are actively fighting in the Yuuzhan Vong War. And I think that's kind of where that lies. There are also Rogue Squadron comics, um, X-Men comics, that there's three omnibuses from Dark Horse. They're very hard to find in paperback since they're all out of print. But you can definitely buy them for cheap digitally. And some of them go really closely along the lines of the novels, but then there are other stories that are completely different. Um, And then there's also the Rogue, the X-Wing video games, which I have never played because I'm really bad at video games. But maybe someone else has played them. Yes. I didn't know there were video games. Whoa. whoa, Go ahead. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Okay. So there was a Nintendo 64 game way back in the day called Rogue Squadron. And it was amazing because all you did was fly an x-wing around and shoot stuff yes it was it was just it was so good like all the missions were really good um 
And literally one of the first thoughts I had upon hearing that there was going to be a Rogue One movie and like immediately jumping to the assumption that it was going to be about X-Wings in some way, it was like, this is the perfect opportunity for them to like bring that back. Yep. To like, to just like reboot that franchise and have a new Rogue Squadron game, but obviously it would be called Rogue One. And like, I still have my fingers crossed that that will happen because I will be so incredibly happy. But I guess guess I'm the only one. No, No, I I mean, you talked about it and made it sound cool, and now I want it. It it, it was so good. And there were, I think there were a couple of sequels even. but I think so. Like, Rogue Squadron was the one that I played the most. I mean, I think it's safe to say that at Celebration 2017, we'll be having N64 parties in someone's hotel room. So that we oh, can yeah. all experience Heath's childhood. Absolutely. Yeah. We can live podcast it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll probably still be going then. We we'll will do, like, be like halfway streams. through. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll still be going. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's safe to say that if we get a new video game or if we get a Rogue Squadron or Rogue One comic series, those are things that we would want to discuss as well on here. So... A lot of potential for us at this point. So much potential. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> Don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm sure this is what everyone's been waiting for, but this is the chapter breakdown for X-Wing Rogue Squadron. And so starting on Mission 2, which will be our next episode, um, we'll be discussing the first four chapters of the book. So depending on your edition or if you're on Kindle, that's pages 1, 2, through 47. And then for after that, it goes from chapters 5 through chapter 8, and then chapters 9 through 12, and then chapter 13 through 16, chapter 17 through... I'm actually flipping through my book as I do this. Chapters 17 through 20, and then 21 through chapter 25 and then 26 through chapter 31 and then 32 through the end and so it's about four chapters a week um i think the last episode's a little bit longer but there isn't a good place to break it up after that you wouldn't want to like have one chapter away from the climax and then well i'll see you next week That's rude. Kind of. And we'll also have all of those listed in the show notes. So you can actually don't have to listen to me saying it over and over again to mark your books properly. Hey. Yeah. And so going on from this, what you'll be able to hear every week is um, dramatic readings of our favorite parts, theories about what this, what things mean and what's going to happen after that. Fangirling over the amazing Rogue Squadron and Wraith Squadron. Favorite quotes and key points that are important in the Star Wars universe or could be important if they want to bring them over into now what's canon. So maybe you have read these books a hundred times and you just want to listen along to Relive the Magic. Or maybe you've never read them before and now is a perfect opportunity to crack a book open and read along with us. We're hoping for both types of listeners. Yes. We have a Twitter over at... Rogue Padron, so you can tweet us there if you are reading along with us. Yay. And we will keep you guys updated on other things, but we will hopefully have our podcast out soon, and you'll be listening to it soon, and it'll be amazing. So join us in this amazing ride through X-Wings and probably emotional breakdowns and some fangirling, and it'll be great, guys. 
I cried a lot during these books. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so good. So, yeah, definitely emotional breakdowns. Yep. As we're part of the Far, Far Away Radio Network, our episodes will be appearing in their feed for now. We can be found on Twitter at RoguePodron and on our own site on Tumblr, roguepodron.tumblr.com. And thus, our first mission is complete. Until next time, this is Rogue Podron signing off. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off.